Welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast with your host, Eve Mayer. Join Eve and her guests each week as they discuss how to live a healthier, longer, and more fulfilling life through fasting, keto, and low-carb feasting. Today, my guest is Brenda Zorn. Brenda is 55-year-old grandmother. Now, let me tell you, she made sure to correct. We had it at 53. She's like, listen, I'm proud of my age, 55. (laughs) She's 55. She's a grandmother of six. She rides a dual sport motorcycle, lift weights, and no longer has friggin' diabetes. Brenda says the ketogenic diet and fasting has saved her life. Brenda, thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome, Eve. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're very excited to have you. You know, Brenda and I were talking before, and we've decided to be very good girls today. Keep it clean, because sometimes both of us have a bit of a potty mouth, and today we're just going to be lovely, lovely ladies. But I'm very passionate. Yes, very passionate. Yes, I like all of that. And um, I came across Brenda through the IDM program, and before we get into that, I would just like to start and have Brenda tell us a bit about your story, Brenda, like why keto and and why fasting and i hear that you say it saved your life tell me tell me the story why keto why fasting wow well you know i've been doing this for about five years and i've got quite a story sometimes it's hard to know where to start but um i can tell you that i was very very sick with type 2 diabetes um my a1c was 12 my triglycerides were 1200 at my worst and i weighed 100 pounds more than i do now um I was, uh, I was being treated by my doctor, standard protocol, um, the metformin, the, uh, the statins. They, they had me on two. I didn't even realize it till later. Um, they had me doing the, uh, the American Diabetes Association uh, diet, which was, I think, about 140 or 50 grams of carbohydrate a day. Plus, they were having me eat six times a day. And um, it, I just kept getting worse. Uh, and and I, how long were you following that for? Oh, years. Uh, I don't remember the, the, when I was diagnosed, it was um, early 2000s. And uh, so for several years, because I didn't stumble across keto until 2014. Um, I did come across a few other things. What happened was I just got really pissed off. I got really angry because I would go to my doctor and she'd say, well, are you eating whole grains? Are you eating lots of fresh fruits and vegetables? And I was doing everything that she had asked me to do, but I was still getting sicker and still getting heavier, and I got very frustrated. So I'm not recommending anybody do this, but I just stopped all my meds and uh, just quit going to get my A1C checks, and I started to try to figure this out on my own. I wasn't even online at the time, not at all. I wasn't in any groups. I didn't even know they existed. I, um, what I did is I sat down and I thought, now, what is this body fat for? Why is this body fat on my body? What is it? Well, it's food storage. I knew that. So what if I just ate a little bit in the morning and then didn't eat anything all day and then just ate a little bit of carbohydrate and maybe some meat at the end of the day and my body could live off of the food storage during the day? That made logical sense to me. So that's what I did. And I lost probably about 50 pounds. But the point is, I didn't understand what I was doing. I didn't understand the mechanisms involved with lowering insulin and having access to the fat stores. So eventually, I started to gain it back. Um, and I was trying different things. A friend of mine told me about uh, wheat belly. I decided to try the, you know, the wheat thing. Maybe that was an irritant. Uh, I lost 20 pounds giving up wheat. Then, you know, then I started going online. Then I started finding groups and there were people, LCHF. Uh, there was the dietdoctor.com website. I started to learn about low carb, high fat. 
And then I uh, started getting into the groups. And this is the funny thing. You start getting into low-carb, high-fat groups, and all of a sudden there's all these strange and interesting keto people that are kind of creeping around. And I thought, oh, my gosh, these people are nuts. They don't eat any carbohydrate at all. They're like major rebels, and I wanted in. I wanted to <laughs> I totally wanted to do that. So um, I found a group that was kind of a shoot off of Reddit. I don't go on Reddit, but it was a Facebook Reddit group. And uh, I actually met Richard Morris there. I met my friend Donna Lordy there. Um, I met my friend uh, several people five years ago in this group. And uh, I started following Richard around because I realized how bright he was, Richard Morris of the Two Keto Dudes. And... Uh, Keto, I did not know that it reversed diabetes. I just wanted to feel better. I had no idea what it could do. What did happen to me when I went ketogenic is uh, my cyclical depression that I'd had for many, many years went away. It stopped. And so I thought, well, I'm not going off of this diet. I'm going to keep eating this way. And then my diabetes symptoms started to go away. And then I didn't lose the weight right away. But then the diabetes started, uh, all my markers for diabetes started to go away and, um, uh, while I really latched onto the ketogenic thing, uh, Richard and Carl approached me and said, hey, I was real connected at that point with all the groups online. They said, hey, do you think that the people out there would like a podcast based on science about the ketogenic diet? I'm like, are you kidding? It's going to be huge. It'll grow exponentially. And so they started up their podcast. I'm probably on eight of their podcasts. That's <laughs> plus, awesome. Plus we've done Keto Fest. There's a poster behind me. We've I know done the one I have next year. Yes. You, you haven't been to one yet, Eve? No. Okay. Well, we had our first one in 2017. We run those with a Kickstarter. Uh, we had our second one uh, this year. It was double the attendance, and next year we're going to double the attendance again. And our Kickstarter will start after the holidays. So definitely support that. Keto Fest is a festival, not a conference. So it's more like a party, you know, with a pig roast, although we do have speakers on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest, like I want to be like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Keto Fest for the education. But mostly like the call for me was the all day bacon bar. Like that was like what I was super into every time I'd hear the ads on the podcast. I was like, yeah, I, I could I could take care of that all day bacon bar myself. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to check it out next year. Yeah, piles of bacon, um, uh, keto meals that they serve. Uh, th this year we had a cheese demonstration uh, by my friend Pamela Zorn, um, and she, you know, was teaching how to make cheese. I mean, it's just every year we we're adding and we have more things. Megan had fasted, fasting Friday. Megan Ramos of the uh, of IDM, uh, and so she she was there, you know. And they there are lectures. They do give talks, uh, but um, there there's there's also you know there's some vendors and there's just a lot of uh, it's in New London, Connecticut, and there's a lot of um, local businesses that participate and it's really fun well, it sounds like it would actually be fun like i want to go to lectures and i want to learn some things and then i want to yeah. eat and i think a misconception that a lot of people have uh with people who do keto and do fasting is that we are people who don't like to eat and i just would like to break <laughs> that barrier and say we're probably people who once didn't understand the right way to eat and loved eating so much that we ended up with issues because we were following guidelines that weren't correct or yes. just eating things that weren't great for us. And just because we discover fasting and keto does not change that we love to eat. We freaking love to eat. Like I love to eat. Many of us are foodies. Yes. You want to get me to, to go listen to lectures? Give me bacon and I'll probably be there. And so that's why I think Keto Fest sounds really cool because it's kind of a mix of like, let's have some fun and let's learn some stuff. And if I I can eat 
really good food that I know is also going to make me feel great and learn some stuff. Like I'm totally in. It's a ketogenic food and science festival. And uh, Saturday, there's a lot of different activities going on. Sunday, they call Science Sunday, Social Saturday, Science Sunday. Sunday is when we have all our speakers. And while the speakers are in there, and I mean, I don't know exactly how many, at least eight, if not more, and the big guns come. Uh, then the upstairs, they're, they're cooking a, a ketogenic uh, lunch, and that's all included in your ticket. So um, I don't remember what we had this year, but we've, we've always had uh, grilled cheese from Fox Hill Kitchens. So I think she's going to continue to come. Um, yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, she's right. I'm going to be with you at the next Keto Fest. We're going to do a live podcast from the next Keto Fest, and that's what's going to happen. Fun. Good. Do it. Yeah. Let's we do it. We did a lot this year. Yes. Lots of live podcasts. A lot of fun. People enjoy those. Yeah. So I got off track. I got excited about Keto Fest. So, so back mm-hmm. to your story. So you did these well, things. Keto Fest, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I got involved with Richard and Carl, and they're doing their podcasts. And then they're starting up Keto Fest, and we're going. And what's the name of the podcast so everybody knows? Oh, two keto dudes. Keto dudes. The number two keto dudes. Got it. <laughs> All right, cool. And my story's uh, episode twenty-one, but I'm on seven others also. Yeah. Nice. But anyway, I got involved with Keto Fest. I got involved with podcasts. Um, I was helping a lot of people online because I've been doing this for such a long time now. People would message me. People would approach me. Uh, sometimes family members, my brother reversed his diabetes finally after I pounded him over the head with it for three years, wow. um, things like that. So I was helping people. I kind of was uh, noticeable online. Um, the two kiddo dudes had a Facebook group. They moved to a forum, which is very successful. I think there's 30,000 there now. Nice. And when, I, when I had my own group, I had started fasting. Uh, Richard and I did our very first fast together, which is wow. kind of nice history. Um, we had read something about um, uh, a professor in the UK uh, that had um, discovered uh, a very, very low-carb low diet could reduce visceral fat and reverse uh, early diabetes. We got very interested in that, and right after that, the obesity code came out by Dr. Jason Fung. And we read that like it was water. I mean, we just, like in a day, we read it, and we were very excited. We're like, okay, I said, Richard, I'm going to fast. And uh, I never fasted before. And of course, being type two and not being able to go like two hours without eating, without shaking and, you know, everything else, it was a scary prospect to fast. Um, We decided, I believe our first fast was 48 hours and we didn't think we could do it. We were really wondering if we could do it. And we were successful and we were vocal about it online and other people wanted to join us. So we started to fast on a regular basis about once a month and we would add days to it until we got to where we were doing a regular three or four day fast every month. Now this has been going on now for like three years. Not only did we start to do it in their group, which grew from, I don't know, uh, in, in a matter of six or nine months, grew to you know, 40,000 or something members, 60,000 members, I don't know, and then they moved it to a forum. Um, that group uh, fast followed us to the forum and I'm still managing that same group fast that I started three years ago. And hundreds of people joined. So it's, it's actually really excited. The concept of the group fast started with me and Richard and the fact that people wanted to join us, it just kind of naturally happened. Along the way, somebody started calling it the Zorn fast, just so everyone knows I'm not full of myself and I didn't name it. And it stuck. And so when, uh, when Jason Fung and Megan Ramos called me a year ago and they asked me to manage a Zorn fast on their IDM website, um, well, I'm not going to say no. I would love to work for them. 
So now I work for IDM. So I mean, you know, all this, all this just kind of, it's, it starts with such a small thing and then it, it, it worked and I got excited and I wanted to help other people. And then it just kind of snowballs and grows into something. So now I not only manage their group fast every month in their membership community, I also am a, a, a health educator. I teach therapeutic fasting and I see clients through IDM now. So let me talk a, a little bit about Brenda. I came across Brenda through idmprogram.com. That's idmprogram.com, which is a program that is headed up by Megan Ramos, who is a researcher who has for years treated people with therapeutic fasting for weight loss and for health improvement in partnership with Dr. Jason Fung, who is the author of The Obesity Code, The Diabetes Code, and co-authored The Complete Guide to Fasting by Jimmy Moore and Dr. Jason Fung. Um, these guys for me have also like, like Brenda's talking about, like they really changed everything for me. So much like Brenda, I first discovered keto and then I went into fasting. And so Brenda, when you say your first fast was 48 hours, I immediately think that is a long first fast. I think it's a long first fast. However, I think what you're saying is you had done keto for years prior to that first fast. Is that I correct? A couple years. At least a couple of years. So in my opinion, um, when you are starting to fast for the first time, if you are already in ketosis, if you're already comfortable keto, your body's comfortable burning fat, most people have a much easier time doing oh, yes. a 48 hour fast. So if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, Brenda did it. She did a 48 hour fast. I'm going to do that right now. If you haven't been doing keto and you don't have your body in the habit of burning fat and you've just been eating tons of carbs, like I possibly did this past weekend, um, jumping into your first 48 hour fast would not be my suggestion. I think that keto and low carb eating works so great with fasting because your body is just becoming this fat burning machine. So yeah. Keep that in mind. Step into it slowly. Step into them together if you're going to do that. Because for me, if I hadn't been in keto when I first tried to fast, and the first fast I did was 36 hours. I had been in doing keto for, I guess, four or five months. I was, you know, I'd lost some weight, felt pretty comfortable, was burning fat pretty regularly. And for me, 36 hours was really tough, not physically, mentally. I was super pissed off because I had just read the obesity code in the middle of reading the obesity code on a plane. I was like, this has got to be a load of crap, right? <laughs> this has got to be, this can't be correct. Don't listen to probably what doctors have said forever. If this is right, I'm going to kill a lot of people. So <laughs> I read it. I'm eating my breakfast. I throw my breakfast away. Being from South Louisiana, I sure as heck had never skipped a meal in my life unless I was in the hospital and dying. And then I couldn't wait to get back to eating. Threw my breakfast away, went for 36 hours, and I was livid because I didn't fall over. I wasn't dizzy. I didn't die in 36 hours without eating six to eight times a day. Everything was fine and I was pissed off. So the first time that you did it, it sounds like you're a much more positive person. Oh, you were like, oh, Richard this and I are just so science-based in our brain. Yeah. We're just like major experimenters, N equals one. And we compete a lot, especially with each other. So um, we were very interested in what was going to happen. And, you know, when we found out that it was not only possible, um, it gave us a feeling of, uh, uh, you know, freedom from the confines of, of food. You know, the food controls you. You feel such a sense of freedom that you don't even have to eat. And, you know, the whole mechanism of being able to go for days without eating if you've got adequate body fat 
Um, this isn't for people who have uh, less than 18% body fat. Uh, fasting is not for people like that. Um, fasting is, is definitely a really excellent way to reverse diabetes. It's also a good way uh, to, uh, to beat obesity and to burn off body fat that way. If you, you, know, you said something about um, the psychological stuff. When I teach about fasting, that is one of the first things that I tell people. Fasting is 90% psychological, 10% uh, biological. I mean, there's so many magical things that fasting can do, but really in order to master it as a skill, it's psychological. And it just takes doing it several times and knowing that you can and knowing how to manage all the things that come up while you're fasting, like waves of hunger, which, by the way, they only come in waves. They come and go easy. So, yeah, I, I could tell you, I could talk all day about fasting. <laughs> well, yeah, so, Brenda, the way I came across you is I became part of the IDM program. I became a paying member because I wanted access to everything, and I wanted access to the support. And I saw Brenda's Zorn fast, her group fast, and I, I've done all my fasts typically on my own or just use the Facebook group uh, through the IDM program, and I wanted to go further, so I did my first group fast with Brenda leading it. And I really liked how on IDMprogram.com, you came on each day and you had a video talking about like a tip of the day, and I think you rang a bell or did something, right? And you had, oh, she has her bell with her, of course, right? <laughs> she became a tip each day, and she was really speaking to things that I would feel and I felt, um, I felt supported knowing that other people were doing that along with me. And so one of the cool things I learned that I didn't know is, of course, you learn as you, as you do fasting that you absolutely have to have two things when you fast, water and salt. Now, there's lots of people who some will have coffee, some won't. Some will have tea, some won't. Some will have bone broth, some won't. All those things are up for discussion. But the two things you must have are water and salt. But until I did your group fast, I never heard someone talk specifically about how much salt a person needs per day. So could you talk a little bit, because you gave some advisement on that that I thought was really interesting. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about water and salt. Sure. Um, sodium. Sodium is very important. And one of the things, um, even on keto, even when you're ketogenic, uh, the ketogenic diet or low carb diets are very diuretic. So um, it, it, you're flushing a lot of water out of your system. So you really usually need to add salt. Uh, fasting, same thing. It's, it's, it's a diuretic process. You're going to flush a lot of water. Um, you, you actually, it's, it's a little more technical. When, when you, uh, the first day, day and a half of fasting, you're burning through your glycogen stores. And glycogen is, is energy that's stored in your muscles that is attached to water molecules. So when you burn through it, you're getting rid of all that excess water that you don't need. Some people notice quite a bit of dumping of water. I always do around hour 24. Um, and with that, uh, you can flush electrolytes. So it's important to replenish them. Um, we, you know, at IDM, we recommend uh, three to 6,000 milligrams a day. 6,000 is a really high end for somebody that's, you know, running marathons out in the sun. Um, 3,000 is really the minimum, 3,000 milligrams of sodium. Now remember, this is something that I did when I was uh, new. You, there's a difference between salt and sodium. Salt is, uh, you know, sodium chloride. Sodium is the milligram amount that I'm telling you about. So in a, a, a teaspoon of salt, there's uh, 2,400 milligrams or 23. I'm going to get it wrong now because I'm put on the spot. There, uh, in a teaspoon and a half of salt, I know this because this is what I recommend every day. Right. That, that's, is, that was the number I grabbed from you. A teaspoon and a half of salt has 3,450 milligrams of sodium. And that's just about right what most people need. Some people need more. I've run into people who need, uh, uh, you know, 
three teaspoons of salt a day, you know, but um, that is a good place to start. And you can measure that out in the morning. This is what I tell people to do. Measure it out in the morning. I actually carry mine around in these little pill boxes. Yeah. Nice. Little, yeah, and I like, I like, this is something me and Megan really like, this Malden crunchy sea salt flake. Yeah. Oh, this stuff is so good. Um, and I can fill this up, put it in my pocket, take it with me. I have a bunch of these. So anyway, uh, you don't want to be without salt. And if you are, stop at a gas station, grab a packet of salt over by the hot dogs, and there you're good. I mean, come on, that salt's fine too. You'll hear people say, oh, only use Himalayan pink salt, you know, only use Celtic gray sea salt. If all you have is table salt, that will work. What's important is that you get the sodium. Don't ever take it all at once. It's very important that you hear me with that. If you eat a teaspoon and a half or even a teaspoon of salt all at once, you probably will vomit, if not get diarrhea. You need to, yes, you need to take a little bit throughout the day to replenish what you're used, losing. Right. And what was the other thing you wanted me to talk about, water? Water, yeah. Yeah, water is very important. Carry it with you. Um, uh, one of the tips, actually, uh, the tip on the website I gave today is uh, caffeinated beverages are allowed, but um, if you do drink a caffeinated beverage, drink a cup of water before and after. If you practice that, you are not going to become dehydrated. Caffeinated beverage, they can dehydrate you. But otherwise, just carry water with you and drink when you can. We don't recommend a, a certain amount of water that you need to drink each day, but you need to um, pay attention to constant hydration. So water and salt and the lack or having not enough of those, I think a lot of times for people who are new to fasting or even been fasting oh, yeah. for a while, they mistake the symptoms of not having enough water and salt for hunger or for not being able to go on with a fast because they feel dizzy or they feel sick when often the issue is not enough water, not enough salt. So what are some of the symptoms people experience from not enough water and not enough salt when fasting? Most common symptom people have when they are ketogenic or fasting when they're starting out is a headache. They get a headache. Um, uh, some people talk about fatigue, but fatigue might just be if you're still becoming fat adapted. It might take a little while for that to get revved up. But um, yeah, headache is one of the most common things. And then uh, lightheadedness, if they're not having enough sodium, that can happen. If those things aren't fixed with hydration and sodium, you need to break your fast. We don't yeah. mess around with fasting. Um, when you uh, listen to me or hear me anywhere, I'm always going to say that. If, if you can't fix what's, what's going on with you with uh, salt or hydration um, and you're not sure and you don't feel right, break your fast. This isn't a competition, unlike me and Richard. But we would break our fast, too, if we didn't feel well. Um, yeah, it's very, very important because uh, it, it, we, we don't want you to push through. Um, you know, we can't know every single mechanism that's going on inside of our body and every single bit of an electrolyte balance. There's just so many different things we can't see inside of ourselves, so we don't always know what's going on. So sometimes it's just good to break the fast and start over. You can always start over, you know? Yeah. So... Brittany, you were talking about the psychological stuff, and, and that's really the area. Lifestyle and psychological is where I like to focus. Um, I was once 300 pounds. I've had three bariatric surgeries. I was overweight for 24 years, obese for 24 years. And because of fasting and keto, I'm now overweight, which I love freaking being overweight. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm not either. Hey. Man, it's just, it's fantastic. And so... A lot of the issues when I used to follow what doctors would say, I would eat 
eight times a day, six times a day. I would eat small meals. I would do the things I was told to do. I would eat carbohydrates as, along with fruits and vegetables and other things. Um, and I, I stayed fat and I stayed whole green. Oh man. I, I, so I'm curious to know, and this is pretty personal. Um, so share if you're comfortable, but I felt I was such a success, like in my business life and I was pretty successful in my personal life. I have a kid who, you know, was still alive and happy. And, uh, so I, I see that as a success, but I was such, felt like such a shameful freaking loser because I would try everything and I could not be healthy. I could not have a body. I felt like represented who I was on the inside and I felt like a loser and I felt ashamed. Um, yeah. And I think there's so much shame that, that many of us who are, are obese or overweight feel because we, we try to do what's right and we, we can't understand why we're everything here doesn't work and everything we we're doing in our blamed. life does. What's that? We are blamed. We are blamed yeah. kind of inadvertently sometimes by our doctors because we come in, our test results are worse, we've gained weight, and then they question you, well, have you been doing what I've been telling you? And I had been. But the problem is um, certain medications and certain diets like the ADA diet uh, will just make you gain. Uh, unfortunately, some people, uh, I, I really decided to try to figure this out on my own the day I went to the doctor's office and she was about to prescribe an injectable, which I, I don't know what it was. I've tried to get my records. They only go back so far. I think it was a long-acting insulin that she was going to prescribe to me. So, you know, uh, injecting, you know, like with a syringe, like a needle. And I thought, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. So I got, yeah, I was pretty angry. I had been doing everything I was supposed to do. I mean, the exercising, the, the low fat, the low salt, the uh, everything was whole grain. The pasta was whole grain. You, you know how silly that is? That stuff is horrible. Say that? Yeah, it's really horrible. And then you go in and, and you're worse and the doctor questions you as if um, maybe you're not following what they're what they're telling you. That's yep. it, it's kind of what it feels like. So you feel like a failure. You feel like you're to blame. Um, listen, uh, I don't know how tall you are. I'm five foot seven and I've lost a hundred pounds through all of this, but I used to be around three forty. I'm, I'm, and you know, I didn't want to go anywhere. I was, the inflammation was terrible. I mean, I was just round there. There's, there is a photo of me on the ketogenic forums, uh, my story is on the diet doctor under Brenda Zorn, but that particular photo that I found a couple years later isn't on there. Uh, the photo on the ketogenic forums is me standing at the end of a huge group of people, my family, I think there's 30 of them, and I am absolutely the largest person there. And when I saw that photo, I just cried. I couldn't believe how big I was. And I look at that photo. I couldn't show it to anybody for a long time, let alone talk about it. But I look at that photo and I think, that poor girl, she was doing everything she could to try to help herself, and she just didn't know what to do. And I know that there's people out there like that. So I have stayed very much in touch with that and that empathy of that and try to remember what it was like when I started. Um, you know, keto and fasting is not a quick fix. Uh, it's not a temporary diet. That's important to know. It's a way of living. Um, and, I, you know, I no longer have type 2 diabetes. My A1C is 5 now. Uh, my doctor, you know, I went and I said, can't you take that off my chart? I mean, you know, I'm not diabetic anymore. And she said, well, okay, it's been two years consistently. Yeah, we'll take that designation off. Yes. And that day that that happened, I was like, you know, 
uh, taking selfies and posting it online and posting it in the forum. And, you know, I beat diabetes and I used some F words and Dr. Fung was all, you know, behind me on that. And that post went viral uh, through the community. I think it had like 500 shares and I don't know. That was really fun. And that was New Year's Eve. I had gotten my, uh, my, my A1C uh, New Year's Eve one year. I don't remember when that was now. But anyway, all of these landmarks are important for me. Um, the lifting, lifting weights, that's just something I started doing because I got a really good membership at a gym and now I lift weights like crazy. I'm not a slim, lean looking person. I get some criticism sometimes when people see me. Uh, they assume that just because I've been ketogenic five years and that I'm fasting or even that I work for IDM, that I'm supposedly supposed to be this slim, lean person. I'm extremely healthy. I have a lean body mass of almost 140 pounds. If you know anything about lean body mass, you know that that's pretty amazing for a five foot seven, 55 year old woman who used yeah. to be as thick as I was. Yes. Um, yeah, that's just my lean body mass. So, and I'm still building that. I, I do. Well, that's you look beautiful term. to me, Brenda. Oh, well, okay. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Eve. You're beautiful too. Damn right I am, Brenda. Yes, of course. You are. Listen, so. Brenda, we're going to have to wrap it up. And I, I'm going to say there's so many things I want to talk to you about. So I'm going to just put you on pressure right now and say, will you come back on my show again? Well, of course. Okay, good. So Brenda's going to be back. But the, the main thing I want you to take away from this, guys, is both Brenda and I were doing things that we thought were right for a long time. Um, and we weren't happy with the results and we changed our lives. Um, and fasting and keto was a huge part of that. And it might be something for you to look at. If you right now feel like crud about yourself, if you feel ashamed, if you feel frustrated, you don't deserve to feel that way. You are not the secret loser you imagine yourself to be. And you don't have to wait until you lose a hundred pounds or 20 pounds or five pounds to feel better. You just have to understand that maybe the information you got was not correct and yes. maybe there's different things you should try and you are an incredible person who deserves to feel good about themselves at any weight at any time. So Brenda, thank you so much for joining us. What are the best places for people to find out more about you and the IDM program? Where should they go? Well, they can book me directly by going to uh, idmprogram.asas.me, M-E, uh, forward slash IDM Brenda. Um, I'm also at Brenda at IDMprogram.com as my email. Um, yeah, that's where you pretty much can find me. I mean, I'm on Facebook. People follow me there sometimes. I'm also on the ketogenic forums. Uh, I administrate there. So you can find me there. You can tag me there at Brenda. You can message me there. Um, yeah, yeah, people, man, really, seriously, all this information we've been being fed, especially for the last 30 years about low fat, and that food pyramid, for God's sakes, if it's complicated to you, just flip that thing upside down and you're going to be doing so much better. It's not your fault. We've been given the wrong information. And if you look behind who's been putting that information out there, it's very frustrating. IBM believes that human beings are supposed to eat low carb and high fat and fast periodically in order to be healthy. And the fact that our track record of getting people healthy is so excellent proves it right there. And Dr. Fung just had a paper published in the BMJ. So uh, maybe uh, Eve can put that link for you. So you go take a look at that about intermittent fasting. Um, yeah. It's not yeah, just I mean, people. Give me the link. All right, Brenda, now what? comes the time where you get to pick yourself a fastinglane.com t-shirt. This is a very tough decision. So will you be going with the gray is butter a carb shirt? 
or the black DTF down to fast shirt? Which one will Brenda I like, pick? I like I like the DTF. All right, Brenda is DTF down to fast with life in the fasting lane. Check us out at fastinglane.com and on Twitter and Instagram at fastinglane to your health and hotness. Thanks for tuning in to life in the fasting lane. Bye. Yay, Brenda.